Well, I just decided, you know, that I'm dating this other guy and that it was time to take him off and to move on. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. You are listening to Dr. Ray and Jean Katkodian with Couples Synergy. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at www.couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue we can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. We not only bring you our experience of working with thousands of couples, but we also go behind closed doors and offer a peek into the lives of everyday people. People like today's guest, which would be my mother-in-law. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Jean's, Jean's mother. Not every day you get a chance to interview your mother-in-law. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Right. Today, the topic that we're going to be broaching upon is, is life after the death of a loved one. First of all, thanks for coming and sharing your story with us. Well, thank you for having me. So why don't we start with um, how you and Dad met and how old you were. I was 16 and he was 18 when we met. And we were on our way to a party with some other kids. And we stopped by St. Gregory's Church to pick him up. He got into the car and we started talking. Somehow we got to talking about weight and he said that he could lift me, and I said he couldn't. And we got out to go to a party on the second floor to people that I didn't even know, and he picked me up as I got out of the car, carried me up the stairs, and I was so embarrassed. (laughs) That was the beginning of our relationship. (laughs) And so how long after meeting him did you start dating or become serious in the relationship? Well, that night after the party, he dropped me off and asked for my phone number. He didn't write it down, and I thought, oh, he's not going to call. But he remembered, and he called, and we went out to a movie the following week. At that time, that was kind of the standard for for going on a date, was going to a movie? Yes. Okay, and that was, uh, what year would that be? That was 1959. 1959. So how did you know when you were a couple? Uh, really, shortly after we started dating, he had bought a boat. He had my name, Miss Joyce, put on his boat. <laughs> so did he ask you officially to be his girlfriend? No, he didn't really ask me to go steady, you know, like most people did. Um, how often would you guys see each other? You're in high school. He's out of high school. Is he working full time? He's working full time for a plumbing company as a a driver. And uh, he would come by school at lunch and have lunch with me. 
We probably saw each other three or four times a week. And then how long until you guys got engaged? And how did, how did he ask you to marry him? Well, it was Christmas time. We went back to St. Gregory's Church, <laughs> and we were kneeling in front of the Blessed Virgin, and that's when he proposed and gave me the ring. And how long were you guys engaged before you got married? Well, we got engaged in December, and we got married June 17th. So seven months later, or mm. a year and seven months? Seven months. Seven months. Mm-hmm. And how old were you when you got engaged? 18. Did you guys live together before you got married? No. Found our apartment before we got married, but we didn't live together. Did you guys go on a honeymoon? We went to Florida, <laughs> to Miami, Florida. Miami and we Beach. stayed at the Stardust Motel. It's still there. That's it weird. Is, it is still there. <laughs> My parents stayed there, too, at the Stardust. For their honeymoon? I don't know if it was a honeymoon, but ah. I remember seeing a picture... It had to be with, with my sisters and me, too, right? Yeah. So how long after you got married did you start having kids? Well, that's funny you should ask, because we were married three months, and Henry was afraid we wouldn't be able to have children. Why is that? Because we didn't get pregnant. Oh. In the first three months. Yeah, okay. Was that pretty typical of the times? Yeah, I would say. To have kids right away. Yeah. And how old are you when you have your first kid? I just turned 20, yeah. Because that was 62? Yeah. So you have your first child when you're 20. How many kids did you have by the time you were 30? I had seven children by the time I was 30. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about this one? How how is your relationship different or similar to your parents? Mm, My parents were lenient, and Henry's parents, I think, were a lot stricter. Did that cause conflict between the two of you and, you know, the different discipline styles that you had? At times, yes. Mm -hmm. In general, how did you resolve conflict or handle conflict? Well, we talk about it. We didn't always come to agreement. So it's 1986. You're celebrating your 25th wedding anniversary. You're 44 years old. Dad is 46, and you have nine children. You had your first child at age 20 and your last at age 43. The oldest is now 24, and you have a 22-year-old, a 20-year-old, I'm 19, and you have a 17-year-old, 16-year-old, 15-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 1-year-old. Pretty crazy. I'm glad you can (laughs) remember all that. (laughs) Did you know that you were going to have this many kids? I mean, did you plan in the beginning? Yes. Yes? We we originally wanted 12. Wow. And... And then after seven, we thought, okay, we think that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Why why did you originally want 12? We just love kids. Wow, that that is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) How did you find time for your marriage with having all those kids? We always took time. We always went out for a date, and we did things with our friends. And we did things with our family and family with children. It was, it was a great life. Yes, you see couples now, today's day and age, they struggle with three. Right? They struggle with, I think, you know, right now, to have four would be really crazy, right? But yeah. to have that many kids at that time and then also put aside time for the marriage, that's a very difficult thing to do. And yeah. a lot of couples we work with, they don't go out without their children ever no Mm -mm. that's too bad did you ever have any of the kids sleep in your bed 
occasionally, but not as a habit. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's very common these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had seven little kids, you know, little steps. We always had a boat. We always took these kids with us on the boat. Mm-hmm. We had snowmobiles. We took them snowmobiling. We'd pull them. We had two snowmobiles. We'd pull them behind us. On a on toboggan. Toboggan. Mm. That was painful, just so you know. I right. didn't know. <laughs> you never told me. I mean, bam, 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 bam. I imagine that was safe. I thought you were having fun. <laughs> so I imagine you didn't go to you know restaurants or anything. Not too often, no. No. How did you manage alone time or time with friends? Well, we would have a babysitter, and we'd go out for dinner or go out for coffee by ourselves or with other couples. Did you ever go out by yourself, though, without, without Dad? Or he went out with the guys, you went out with the girls, you guys ever do that? Yes, we did. Like I took belly dancing, <laughs> <laughs> tap dancing, and I always exercised. Those were stress relievers for me. Mm-hmm. So, And Dad would play cards with some of his buddies. How much quality time did you spend together? Once a mu- once a w- every other week, I would say. Mm-hmm. And what was it about him that you fell in love with? His craziness. <laughs> I never thought I'd marry him. I was had just broke up with a guy when I met him, and I just thought, well, I'll date him and just have fun because he was a lot of fun. Then it turned to love. What were the uh, messages about relationships you were taught growing up? To be true mm-hmm. to um to share and to be open not keep secrets to be committed to be committed yes to be committed and so when when henry was um was diagnosed was that a surprise to you somewhat he was having some problems and he never went to a doctor no no all the years we were married he never went to a doctor till he had his gallbladder out so, I, I mean, I, I had my gallbladder taken out. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I and was there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I know that there's, there's a lot of symptoms that you're experiencing before that happens. And so he obviously was not happy. Right. He was in pain. Mm-hmm. And then he had the surgery. Well, then we thought everything was okay. But then that whole year he had problems with mm-hmm. his bowels. Never said nothing. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to go get a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. And that was in August. And this is when he's 58? Uh, 59. When they did the surgery, the colonoscopy, they said everything looked okay. But it wasn't. Then uh, there was cancer, and they um, tried to remove it, but they didn't get it all. So when they did the colonoscopy, it came back clean. There was nothing, there was no problems. That's what they said. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So then obviously continued to have more problems yeah. and then had to go back to get a better, you know, assessment. Right. And then they did the surgery mm-hmm. and they thought they got it all, mm-hmm. but they didn't. So he um, started treatment. Mm-hmm. He was doing chemo. And he decided he wasn't going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But then they did the radiation. He did quite a few treatments of that, but it didn't make any difference. So then he was 
able to uh, decide to go into hospice. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I was not there. I didn't want him to go into hospice. I said, no, let's just get a hospital bed, which we did. And then we went and got another opinion. And then I finally came to terms with it. Mm -hmm. And then he went into hospice. What's going on for you during this time? It was pretty quick finding out that something was wrong, something was a big problem, mm-hmm. and it was almost the end. So what, what are you thinking, what are you feeling, what are you going through? Well, um, I guess I was in denial. I didn't want to accept it. But reality is there, so mm-hmm. I finally came to that place, but he was so ready. He really came to terms with it, and he was strong and touched a lot of people mm-hmm. through it. So you're 58 when he passes? Yes. Your youngest is 16? Yes. How was that? Well, um, it was hard because I know that they had talked about her, Sarah, getting married, and that he wouldn't be able to be there, walk her down the aisle. And that was really, really hard for both of them. And uh, it was sad for me. Mm-hmm. What was it that, that you both talked about? Well, the same things, you know, that he'd never be able to be there for her wedding. And he wanted to have time with each of the kids alone. You know, he wanted to provide for me and make sure that I was okay. And spiritually he knew where he was going and so he had peace with that he didn't have any fear at all it it is a really interesting thing to be around someone who's crossing over and he would say you know the 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 shadow guy is here he's helping us cross over but he doesn't want me to talk to you anymore about that yeah he'd tell me all these people are are around he said i'm never alone I don't know who they are, some of them. Yeah. Did he ever say goodbye? To me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you'll be okay. He said, it's better me than you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> he said, you'll do okay. And he said, if, you know, you should find somebody and get married again. He said, I'm fine with that. And I said, I'll never get married again. <laughs> Did you ever feel connected to him after he passed? Uh, at times, yeah. Did you ever have dreams or? Yeah, yeah. One time I was out walking somewhere and there was this man. Oh my gosh, he looked just like him. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to take a double look. I remember before we started our company, right around when we were starting the company, I had a dream about him and, and he was sitting on these stairs and he looked kind of like a skin suit. Mm. And I walked past him and he looked up and he said, don't worry about the money. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. He always had those one-liners, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so you're 58. Mm-hmm. What do you start doing with your life? Your kids are pretty grown. and Well, my life has always been full. I've you know, always been involved with different ministries and my daughter Jean said to me <laughs> <Who's that? laughs> 
did you ever think about going back to school? <laughs> and I said, no. And then shortly after that, uh, Sister Joanne asked me to, if I would be interested to do the called and gifted program. And I thought, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I did and uh, met other people, a lot of other people. And one of the guys was having a birthday party and I wasn't gonna go, but one of the other women called and she said, why don't you go? So I said, oh, I guess I will. A mutual friend of Dan's. Uh, we were introduced and the DJ started playing music and he asked if I liked to dance. And I said, I love to dance. He said, would you like to dance? So I said, okay, so we danced. As the evening went on, we danced a few more times, and he asked if I was married because I still had my wedding rings on, and I told him I was widowed. And then a little while later, he asked if I'd like to go dancing sometime. So I said, sure, why not? <laughs> what was that like for you, getting hit on at 60? <laughs> uh, it was different. <laughs> I, I guess because I like to dance, was the main reason I went out with him again. Was that an official date? It was an official date. He found a place in my old neighborhood, the Kalo, because they were having dancing and an Elvis impersonator. So we went there, had dinner. The Elvis guy came and sang to us. And <laughs> we danced, and so it was fun. And then we started, you know, maybe seeing each other once a week. And Six months later, we went out for Rich's birthday, and somehow he wasn't planning it, but he proposed to me. He wasn't planning it? He wasn't, no. no. It just kind of happened. What did he say? He said, ah, did you ever think you'd like to get married again? And then he said, would you marry me? So I said, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. So... <laughs> He was so flustered, he got up and went to the women's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so this is six months after you're dating? Yeah. And then how long after that till you get married? Six months. Did you feel like six months was too short or just the right amount of time? Did, did time was time a factor at all for you? I felt it was the right time. I mean, what the heck, we're not young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so we decided to do it. Yeah, I think that's that's always a very interesting question that comes up about time. Like, how long should you be dating before you propose? How long should you be engaged, you know, before you get married? And right. how long should you be married before you have kids? And I think a lot of people get kind of stuck on time. Right. So how did you know that he was the one? I mean, you told Henry that you would never get married again. Right. So, you know, what, what kind of came over you to change your mind? I don't like being alone. It was nice to have someone to do things with. We connected in a lot of different ways. He's really a, a gentle man, easy really to get along with. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that you and Dad had that kind of traditional, Dad was the man. More I was the helper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More barefoot in the kitchen, pregnant. Mm -hmm. How is that different from your relationship now? Uh, it's a lot different because I'm a different person than I was then. Freer to make choices, decisions. I would think that in a lot of ways I'm more in charge of the relationship 
than I was with dad. Mm-hmm. How did you go through that change? How did, what, what are some pivotal things that kind of shifted you from being more passive to being more assertive? I think just life and just maturing. Do you think his passing and then having those years where you had to make all the decisions for yourself by yourself? That's probably part of it, yeah. And then I became president of a company. I just have to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you, you, you were not working your entire marriage, correct? I was working, but I only worked for love. I, I should say <laughs> you were not getting a paycheck by some employer. Exactly. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so how do you become president of a company? My husband died. I became ownership of the company and became president. And then I had to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like that? Uh, it was kind of fun in some respects, trying to keep the business going and making decisions and finding solutions. wasn't so easy. My son, Joe, got involved with the business and my son-in-law, George. So they were both big helps to me. Was it, did you see a different side of dad that, you know, you're running his company and probably meeting people who knew him that you didn't really have a relationship with? Right. What was that like? Well, it was really pretty nice because a couple of people, they were so helpful, you know, and I got to know them better. And I'm thankful for all their help and their input. A lot of good people. So how long have you been married now? It'll be 14 years in August. I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a whole nother life. Like a whole nother life. It'll never be the same relationship because it's not the same person. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm thankful. You're not the same person either. And I'm not the same person. Yeah. Did it change your relationship with your kids? I think to some degree it did. I think it was hard for my kids, for some more than others. So I had to come to the final decision of what I wanted and I did and some of them weren't so happy about it in fact I don't think any of my kids really know who Rich is mm-hmm. it's okay it works you know it'll never be like it was <laughs> no and he's pretty patient and forgiving for some of the ways he's been treated yeah what advice would would you give other people going through, you know, kind of the death of a, of a spouse and, you know, trying to recover from, you know, and, and start a new life. I would tell them that they should find a support group, share their grief with other people, with their children. There's a lot of help out there. There's a lot of good books to read. It takes time. Mm-hmm. I think the first year I was so busy, I didn't really have time to grieve. But the second year, was it harder than the first that year? That was harder for you. Mm-hmm. Did did you seek out a support group as well? I did. Okay. I did. And I imagine that was helpful for you in the second year. Yeah, I actually went with my friend who had lost her husband, and mm-hmm. we went together, which was good. And then I went to a a person one on one, and that was good. So when you met Rich, you you were still wearing your wedding rings. Yes. How did you ultimately end up changing that? I thought we were married forever, so I didn't want to give that up. I wasn't looking for somebody. Was there a point of time where you took those rings off before you had new ones? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember taking them off? I remember taking them off. Well, I just decided, you know, that 
I'm dating this other guy and that it was time to take him off and to move on. Did Rich ever ask about them? He did the first day I met him because yeah. he saw them. Right. But he never said anything anymore. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming and having this, this interview and sharing your story. Sharing your story. It was definitely a very rich life rich two lives that you've been living <laughs> yes <laughs> i am so blessed yes and now i have 24 grandchildren i mean how much more blessed could i get that is <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> and then for my children to get married and the different nationalities that is so enriching too the cultures yeah, yeah the different cultures and so love it's all yeah. about love it's all about yeah. love yes it's really been a great life. Well, we thank you very much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> we want to wholeheartedly thank you for joining us today and for all of you listening to Couple Synergy. Sharing stories has been part of the human experience since the beginning of time. We hope that by you sharing your story, it has enriched your life and the lives of our listeners. For all of you listening, if you have any questions, or topic suggestions, please, again, feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.